Hello and welcome to Hit the Target English Premier League, powered by Hollywood Bets. I'm Chad Nagel, your host for today, and joining me in the studio, we have the ever-present Joshua Gaylord, and uh, we're not alone. We have Tsebo Mpongos, who's here as well, to discuss uh, the, the Premier League action. We've got two massive uh, contests to dive into. And we get, we're actually going to do things a little bit different. Instead of looking at all the fixtures, we're going to focus on these two uh, mouth-watering derbies. Um, on Saturday, we have the Manchester derby, uh, which will be played at Old Trafford. And on, on Sunday, it's the North London derby um, at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. So, guys, let me just, before we dive into these uh, massive contests, I want to get your thoughts on these derbies. And I want to put both of you on the spot. Um, Josh, which one's bigger? <laughs> it has to be the North London derby. It's got more history yeah. uh, in terms of competitiveness. We, we know that Manchester City... Sorry, hi to all the listeners. Um, it's exciting. It's great to be back on the podcast. Uh, and especially with these two big fixtures. But yeah, on the spot. For me, it's the North London derby. It's got more history in terms of competitiveness. Um, Manchester City are an excellent team now, but we know that before everybody kind of just ran over them. Uh, they were run of the mill. They went up and down between the leagues. Yes, they are big powers now, and it, it, in the future it might tip in their favour. But at this very given time, we know what's at stake when it comes to the North London derby. We've seen it over the last two seasons, and this season is the same. Uh, it's bigger. It, it has a bit more riding on it this season. Uh, although Manchester United are picking up their socks, uh, this this one this weekend is a big one for them. Normally yeah. it's not. Uh, we saw, well, we'll delve into the previous fixtures a little bit later. That's my take on it. I think that Arsenal versus Tottenham is a much bigger fixture right now. Do you agree with that, Sibyl? Or uh, are you going to throw a spanner in the works? <laughs> yeah. uh, firstly, um, Happy New Year to our listeners. Uh, but, well, it's not my first time on the podcast, but I haven't been in a while. Mm. Um, so just a huge shout out to to them. Keep supporting the podcast. Um, so yeah, to answer your question, Chad, um, I would say I agree and I disagree. Um, I agree with the fact that um, Man United has been a sleeping giant for for quite some time, yeah. which has made the 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 Manchester derby not very exciting. Even though we've had some results that have gone like the Red Devils way, um, but. If you look at the way Arsenal are playing now um, and Tottenham being coached by a very intense coach like Antonio Conte, um, uh, one would, would be tempted to say, yes, um, the North London derby is, is a bigger fixture. Um, mostly also because you, you, you kind of suspect or, or kind of have an idea how it's going to go between Man United and Man City, even though we have sort of, have we, have we turned the corner? Oh, we are turning the corner. Yeah. Well, we're asking the yeah. question. Eh? <laughs> that's, a, that's a good sign. But yeah, but, but both, both, both exciting games, both, um, it's actually, um, great to see the fact that both, all, all the teams involved in, in these games are actually in the top six currently. So yeah, it will be quite, um, quite a watch this weekend. Well, it will be indeed two fantastic, uh, games to look forward to. And but you know what? Before we go, before we go into these games, there's a couple of things that we want to discuss, and I think it's quite clear. Uh, we spoke, Josh and I, we spoke with Desh last week on the podcast about Arsenal's title credentials. But 
So we know where we stand with Arsenal. Arsenal, it's clear to see they are in the title race. I mean, they are leading that way. Um, and Manchester City, of course, we know they are in the title race as well. That's one team you can certainly, uh, you certainly don't feel comfortable with them breathing down your necks for sure. Um, but Manchester United, much has been made about their form at the moment. You've asked the question, uh, have they turned a corner? I would think so. But um, here's the Here's a question that we have to look at as well. Seeing that they are quite close to Manchester City, who remain second on, in the Premier League table, would it be fair to say that Manchester United are not yet out of the title race as well, Josh? Look, I think United are obvious. Obviously, United are a big powerhouse in the league. Um, and like they were said, they have been a sleeping giant. And I think they kind of, kind of waking up out of their slumber right now. They haven't brushed their teeth yet. They haven't, uh, haven't put some spray on or shower as yet. But they, they, they look like they're up and they're drinking their coffee. They're about to get there. Is um, it too late though? For, for this, for this uh, I think that there is a bit more to go for them. They, they, like Arsenal, in my opinion, they don't have the depth just as yet to challenge. Uh, for Arsenal, it's unprecedented. They're doing exceptionally well. They're playing phenomenally. Yes, they're in a title race. Um, but they don't have the depth that United have or that for that matter, Liverpool have. I think Liverpool also have a bit of depth in their team. Uh, they, things just aren't coming together for them. Uh, when it comes to United, I think that they, should they get a win this weekend, uh, we know their fans will be definitely saying that they are in a title race. They're not shy to say it. I think Arsenal fans were a little bit more shy to say we are in a title race. They took their time in that. Um, so it, it just, for me personally, I, I, I think that they have the ability to to get there possibly next season. This season, I feel though, there's, there's a lot of hurdles that they still have to overcome. There's a lot of deals that haven't gone their way in the January window as yet. Uh, they're now looking at, I think it's Vote Bagos bringing him, him in as a, as a striker who is not, is not someone who elevates the squad in my opinion. I think he, he can sit on the bench for the whole of the season and nobody would bat an eyelid. Um, I, I, I wouldn't say that United would be in a title race. This weekend is a big, big marking point for them. Uh, but I don't feel that they have the depth to continue that all the way. I, I must say, uh, good points, Josh. I must say that, I, and I'm not trying to ha- be ban- have banter, or, but Weghorst, is that how you pronounce his name? Weghorst, we will call him Vogt. We'll call him Vogt. Weghorst. For me, he does give me Igalo vibes. Uh, because, and I'm not saying he's going to be a flop signing. I'm not saying he's not going to hit his stride at United. He, I think the good thing, for him is that he's coming uh, off the back of a, a very good showing at the World Cup. And mm. I think, uh, he, you know, he's, he was at Burnley. He was in the Premier League and we paid no attention to him. Um, so, you know, does he, like Josh is saying, does he solve United's problem? I'm not sure. Does he have a chance? Uh, does he maybe deserve a chance? I don't know. Can I come in, Chad? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I think... <clears throat> I think if you if 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 you wanna look at um the whole striking department at United, yeah, you have to look at the amount of goals we got last season. You have to look at that zero was it zero negative one that we ended on goal difference. Yes, yeah. at the end of the season. So with 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 this striker that's been targeted by by Ten Hag, I think what he's trying to get is um more goals more than as opposed to getting someone that will come in and bang like fifteen goals in like. 16 games that we have left. He won't be someone that will do that, but he's someone that may come in with maybe 
I don't know, six to eight goals that would help in our top four race. I mean, um, you can't leave, leave it to just Rashford um, to, to, to score the goals because he's been the one that's been like the guy getting us the goals. We need more players getting goals. And by getting a proper number nine, we, we will get more goals. United will get more goals by getting a proper number nine. Um, and it's more a system signing. If you look at what, what, what Ten Hag was able to do with a striker like Haller, for example, yeah. who, who he took from West Ham and he wasn't doing great at West Ham mm. and he turned him into a goal machine at Ajax. Yeah. So if, 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 if Volta, I don't know how we pronounce his name. Yeah. If, if he can work. In, 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 in that system that Ten Hag is using, he can be as effective, maybe not as, you know, effective as Haller, but something of that sort, someone that can bang in like those eight goals we need, you know, to be, to be in the, in the top, in the, I still think we're in the race for the top four. Yeah. Honestly, if, if you look at what Chelsea have done, if you look at what Liverpool have done, they've beefed up their squads to, to, to target that top four finish. So yes, I would say we are not far from the title race conversation. I wouldn't count us out completely, but it's a small, it's a very small chance or hope for us yeah. United fans. So buying a, a proper number nine or traditional number nine to fit in that system will just get us those extra goals that could be key at the end of the season. Yeah. Well, Seba, let me just ask you, um, do you see, uh, Vegas coming in as a squad player or do you see him actually getting an opportunity from the start and if so where what does it mean for the likes of Jaden Sancho who we know is a is a fantastic uh, player who for some reason hasn't worked quite well at United yet but you know it's just does he fill the Ronaldo void um, yeah I, 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 that, that's a that's a perfect question. Yes, he's there to fill up that that void that has been left by Cristiano Ronaldo. We need a, they need a proper number nine. That's there's no doubt over that they need a proper number nine. And as much as Rashford is scoring the goals, he's not a number nine. He, he's better playing from the left flank mm. and cutting inside. He's he's more like dangerous from from that position. Uh, he will be a squad player. I will not lie over that. He will be a squad player. But for now, he's a he's a great. I would say he's a great temporary fix. He's someone that won't complain if he's benched. Um, he's someone that will have as an option if Marshall is tired or if Marshall is injured. He's very injury prone. So we can't have one number nine if you are targeting the top four or even the league. So, and even because we are still in the FA Cup, we're still in the Carabao Cup. So he will be a, a great squad player. He'll be an addition to what we already have. Mm, yeah. Interesting. And you certainly make some good points. Well, let's just dive into it then. Saturday, um, the biggest game of the weekend, according to Josh, uh, it's uh, Tottenham. Uh, sorry, it's, uh, sorry, I... I'm jumping ahead of myself over here. <laughs> it's we, exciting. We, the North London job is an exciting It is picture. exciting. And I am, I don't, for weekend. some reason, I am looking at the, the Tottenham-Arsenal uh, game because I personally cannot wait to see uh, this game. Being, obviously, a, as a supporter of Chelsea Football Club, uh, I get to see two rivals who are quite a, uh, are ahead of us in the table. So I think that's why I'm, I'm quite intrigued to see how that one plays out. But Saturday at Old Trafford, um, Manchester will come to a standstill as uh, United and City lock horns at Old Trafford. Um, and, and this is a game where Manchester United may come out and maybe 
show us maybe they are whether they are in the race for the title because I think if they beat Manchester City, yeah, I think it's kind of hard to to just mm. write them off entirely. But as you said, you have not done that. But Manchester United against Man City, um, how do you see this one playing out? And I, I, Josh, we'll leave predictions at the end. But I, how do you see these two sides? Look, it's it's going to be a very interesting fixture. And finally, this fixture is anticipated in the sense that it's not as United going to kind of keep the score respectable. It's going to be a fixture where it's competitive. Uh, so that it brings brings more neutral viewers into the picture where you can enjoy the fixture a lot more than it's more, more so the Manchester City fans. If there are some out there, they'll just know that they're going to win the fixture or the United fans just invested in their own club. Um, yeah, I think it's it's a big one. Uh, if if United win this fixture, they definitely it's it's a, it's a, it's hard to rule them out. You're right. Um, I I I just want to easily rule them out. But yeah. I think they the last <laughs> time I checked, they were hundred to one to win the league. Uh, when I was looking at those uh, yeah. those betting odds, and now they're twenty five to one. Yeah. It's a major major they drop. Should. I mean, they yeah. third they third up there to win the league, even though Newcastle are having a season that we've never seen them have in an extremely long time. Um. This fixture, we saw how it went last last October. It was um, Haaland had just come in the league. Yeah. Uh, the league started a bit early. Um, Foden was still starting for the team. Uh, he opened the scoring quite quickly at the Etihad and it just went downhill for United from there. Uh, I mean, six six goals is, is a lot to take. Uh, yeah. Yes, they were able to get a, a few here and there, three goals. <laughs> yeah. um, but it didn't, I don't think it softened the impact of such a defeat. Um so I'm excited to see this one because it's an Aga show that he's grown the squad within a very short space of time. Yeah. Uh, not, many, not many managers are capable of doing that. We see some managers waffling and struggling to get their side anywhere uh, near that in an entire season. Um, so he's d- done extremely well. And on the flip side of that, Manchester City have hit a bit of a, a blip. Uh, yes, it is a League Cup fixture, yeah. but they some, had a, some top players. Some top pitch. players were on the pitch. Yeah. They even put De Bruyne and Haaland on to kind of possibly save the game, yeah. uh, like they've done in the previous FA yeah. Cup fixture. Um, I think this is a fixture that uh, I'm, I'm extremely excited to see. It's going to be a tough one. Yeah, Tebo, um, do you see last night's results? Uh, the obviously that League Cup exit, uh, quarterfinal exit for Manchester City at the hands of. Southampton obviously losing the game 2-0. Do you see, um, do you draw positives from that uh, for United or do you kind of draw a line through it and say, no, you know what, this is the League Cup, Haaland and Kevin De Bruyne didn't start the game um, and City are going to be motivated come uh, Saturday. Yeah. Do you draw positives uh, from that? or uh, Honestly, there are, there are no positives to be drawn. Like you said, it was a League Cup game. Um, they probably weren't even that interested in winning it. So, I mean, it's the League Cup. So the City just have bigger fish that's, to that's fry. That's Manchester City's uh, trophy. Yeah. They, yeah, they dominated it in the last what six? Seven, yeah, yeah. Their domination is probably like it, it, I don't know. Now. Yeah, I don't <laughs> they, know. They got bigger fish to you fry. You know, I, yeah. I honestly think they they want to focus on the league. They want to focus on the Champions League in the league since they well we're going to be starting the the knockout stages next month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, not to say they weren't there <coughs> wanting to lose, but yeah. probably the players are just over it now, not as motivated as as, as other seasons. But also, what I, what I what I what motivates me is the fact that the team won't be the same. Like the the team sheet, when you look at the team that played um, earlier in the season against Manchester City to the team that's playing now, it's not it's not the same team. The defense has changed. 
the midfield has slightly changed and 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 even the way our forwards are playing has changed um so i i i it's for the first time I'm feeling optimistic that, that United can get something from the game. I'm not going to go out and say United are winning this one. You know, it's going to be a very tight game. But for the first time, I can comfortably say we can do it. We, we might be able to do it. You know, we might be able to come with something, especially playing it at, at Old Trafford. What the biggest change for me at United has been the mental states of the players. You know, in previous years or previous seasons, you would see them downing tools quite quickly in the match. United are now able to take the initiative, the initiative to the other team. They're able to initiate attacks from a defensive position. You know, when they turn over position, you can see what they're trying to do. They know what to do with the ball. In previous seasons that they've had to like, you know, counter attacks. They, they, they've had to hold on to counter attacking because they're not very comfortable in the ball. So they just sit back and let the other team have it. And, I hope that is not what they're planning to do on Saturday. I would like to see them actually taking the game to Manchester City and see how that ends. Um, obviously, uh, we spoke a lot about uh, Vegost. Um At the time of recording, he's not yet signed, but, but talks are adva- advancing or the deal's uh, edging closer. So if he were to be signed and make that deadline um, to be Premier League ready for this game, would you throw him in uh, straight immediately? Because we have seen his capabilities against world champions, uh, Argentina. I would put him on in, in the bench, on the bench, sorry, on the bench. I would, I would definitely have him on my bench. Reason being is um, when he was playing for Benley in, in that very ill-fated season for him, um, he was the highest presser in the league, yeah. strangely. He was the best presser, more like he was the number one presser in terms of pressing off the ball. And that's one of the things Ten Hag has complained about with his United squad. While it's been improving, he's almost always said, I want to see us do more off the ball. So if they are able to have someone like him in the bench and we are not pressing well, or maybe we get a lead, maybe a one nil lead, and we need someone that can do the dirty work later in the game, I would rather have someone like him on my bench than, I don't know, um, Sancho, who hasn't been playing for weeks, or I don't know who, who our other option is. They, they, they really don't have many options up front. Mm-hmm. So I would rather have a striker like that who I've seen do the work for Netherlands at the World Cup, who has done the job for Pesikstas, or Pesikstas, I don't know how to pronounce yeah. their, their name. Yeah, so I would definitely have him in my match day squad. Okay. Yeah. Um, Josh, have you seen a vulnerability from Manchester City this season? Perhaps more than we've expected to see. I would think so. I think uh, a lot of the the things that they've done so well in the past, it doesn't seem to be the same. Um, yes, they dominate the ball, uh, but they've also been fairly dominated on occasion by teams that we we hardly ever see dominate them. Like yeah. in this Southampton picture, yes, we I know the team sheet was different. Yeah. But they still have a similar style of play throughout the squad. Yeah. Um, and Peppers always kept that, whether it be the A team or the so-called B team. Yeah. Um, and Southampton were able to dominate them for a full 30 minutes yeah. in the opening of the game. Yes, it changed up a bit afterwards, but they were already 2-0 down by then. Um, I think that uh, in other, fi- other fixtures, we've seen Brentford find a route, one through them. Uh, sometimes their defense isn't that strong. I think without the ball, Manchester City's defense isn't the greatest. Uh, yes, they're able to press quickly together and try and retain that ball position as quickly as possible. But if they don't have the ball, 
they don't seem to be the, the greatest defensively. So from a United perspective, I think that they can exploit that if they're able to work with the ball. And we've seen United work with the ball this season. Like Mtleb was saying, uh, they, might, they could revert back to uh, playing a counter-attack game against Manchester City. But I think the game plan should be to also have some ball position. Uh, we saw that them reverting to uh, playing without the ball against Arsenal worked in their favour early in the season. Um, and they, they just worked with, with, with counter like United have been for a good couple of years. But after that game, they came back and they retained the ball as much as possible. Um, for Manchester City, I think another weakness that you can, can look at is their wingers aren't the same as before. Uh, yes, they still have Mares, um, but he doesn't even play. Yeah, all the time, but they've yeah. had uh, players like Ferran Torres who have played out wide for them, who are a lot more direct uh, on the wing. Um, Grealish hasn't been the best, and he was yeah. brought in as a winger. Um, regardless of the price tag, he still hasn't. It hasn't worked out for him at United. Um, and then play, your players like Foden, who are brilliant uh, and exceptional talents, they aren't out and out wingers yeah. that, that you can utilize. It's more players who are retaining the ball position on the wing. Um, I think that United can can look to keep if the if United can keep those uh, players closer in their half of the pitch by keeping ball position as much as possible. I think uh, United can can come away from from this fixture with something. Yeah, and um, you echoing um, Tebo's words now because he feels United can take something from this game as well. And you know, it's it's quite interesting that Manchester City have dropped points in so many games in five league. Games, you know, already from 17 games played, they've drawn three times. Um, they've lost twice. Um, yes, we, we spoke about that, that defeat against Southampton in the, in the quarterfinal um, of the League Cup last night. They, and, and even against Chelsea, I was quite surprised how, how Chelsea had so much of the ball and it was arguably a, a goalkeeping error, uh, arguably, that led to City getting on the score sheet in the first place. So, um, you know, there's, I think if I was a United fan, I would certainly look at this game quite confident of, of getting something. Uh, but the question now is, what is that something? Prediction time. Sebo? Um, just, just to add a little bit to what Joshua was saying, what yeah. you were saying. Um, I also, I, I think the, the acquisition of Ailing Haaland has been brilliant, but it's been a double-edged sword in the sense that it's sort of simplified it for opposition defenses. They know what to do with. They know they, they like they know what to expect from Manchester City. Previously, mm. you didn't know what to expect. Like they had very like fluid attacking players who could play in different positions. You have Sterling, you have um, Gabriel Jesus. You know those are players that can play anywhere across the front three, and you sort of don't know where they're gonna pop up. Not saying um, Erling Haaland is not flexible or anything. I mean, you give him half a chance, he'll bang it in. Mm. But you you sort of expect, you, you know what to expect from a traditional number nine who who stays in the box. So it's been a double-edged sword for, for them in, in terms of that. And of course, what you guys have said as well, that they don't have like traditional wingers that get the ball inside the box. So it's easier to deal with this sort of like wide midfield man Um who who are Foden and and Maris who are playing who's playing on the other side. Um, in terms of prediction, I would like I would like to to say mm, I'll give it two one two one to Man United. Wow, yeah, and that would be a statement victory for sure. Yeah, yeah and you say that I love how you say that with <clears throat> with a smile on your face. Um, no, so so that's good. You're confident, and it, it's a time I feel United can be confident. Yeah. Josh, what can you give the punters uh, tuning into this podcast? Um, what advice you give them in this game? 
I think Mtrebo um, said it earlier. I'm just going to go back a little bit. Mtrebo said it earlier about not having the same players in the squad as that first defeat uh, early in the season. Casimiro was there, but he wasn't brought on. Uh, Ronaldo didn't play. Uh, and I think that Casimiro, regardless of Ronaldo, Casimiro was the key uh, to what United is doing at the I, moment. I, I um, and uh, relying on, with all due respect to Scott McTominay, he's a great footballer. Um, no, he, he's made it up to. I see. Sorry for the listeners. Right. For the for the yeah. for the listeners out there, um, they will pull these space quite <laughs> quite uh, aggressively. Um, when I say great football, I mean considering world football. Yeah, he's a good. Sorry, let's not say great. He's a good <laughs> footballer considering uh, world football. Um, you have to put respect on players' names, regardless of what they might be in the squad yeah. or the criticism that they get. Um, but Casimiro is a world-class player. He's yeah. top five in the world right now, and he's proving that uh, on a big stage. Uh, normally, when, uh, when you look at him at Madrid, uh, he wasn't spreading the ball the way he is right now yeah. at uh, United. It looks more like when he plays for Brazil. Yeah. Um, I think he has a lot more freedom. He was arguably and, Brazil's best player at the World Cup. Yes, yes. and he has a lot more freedom. Um, and I think that he... It, it's, I didn't expect him to be better than Madrid in my opinion I think he's he actually looks better with the ball at his feet um I think he's going to be a big factor in this fixture but it's hard to stop someone like Kevin De Bruyne regardless of how he is at Belgium uh when he plays under Pep he's a he's a different totally different player and he's he's extreme extremely good at, at what he does um I think that's going to be the main battle on the field um and some, you know, some, some occasions, De Bruyne will win uh, in terms of getting the ball to Haaland. And on some occasions, he will be broken by Casemiro. Um, but I think that you, Manchester City still win this game. Interesting. Um, I am going to sway with Nsebo. I think uh, Manchester United win the game. I, I really do. And I feel like Man City, I, I know they, it's a must-win game for them because Arsenal are not... Arsenal, uh, you know, they need to <clears throat> overtake them in the league table. But as it's, they've just shown me a lot of signs of weakness. And um, there's a lot of um, questions that I feel Pep Guardiola hasn't even answered in their team yet. So I feel like Manchester United at home, the form they've been in with the crowd uh, uh, chanting them and, and screaming their players through, I think they get the job done. And I, I think they will edge out a hard-fought encounter. I think perhaps by the odd goal, Man United win the game. Uh, moving on to Sunday. This is the biggest game in the Premier League, according to Josh. Uh, the biggest London game, for sure. It's Tottenham versus Arsenal at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And um, this, is, this is equally important for both sides. I'll say that because, yes, Arsenal are challenging for the league title and they find themselves in in such a great position this is difficult because they this is a correct me if i'm wrong josh this is a fixture where home ground normally plays a key ad- advantage and it's almost always it's it's almost all the time where the home side usually come out on top and i think much is expected from this arsenal side spurs haven't been performing well and but they also need to get break uh, get themselves back into the top four. They they fifth place at the moment. Um, so yeah, it's it's sure this is a mouth watering game, and we're in for a real treat, yeah, aren't we? Um, Josh, I want to come back to you. Um, 
And Sebo, let's start with you. How do you assess both sides? Uh, Arsenal, Arsenal, Arsenal. Yo, I, they, they've really impressed me this season. They've been playing fantastic football um, under Ateta. Um, I'm glad they were patient enough with him. Yeah. You know, I stuck it, with him yeah, through some with, hard yeah. times. Uh, when Arsenal fan TV were calling for his head, yeah. you know, um, they stuck with him and they're, they, they're seeing the results now of the work that he's been doing and they're playing fantastic football. Um, yeah. What more can I say about Arsenal? They're just playing fantastic football. And it's, it's nice to see that it's been really youngsters that have been doing the work. You know, they have a few experienced players like Shaka, you know, um, uh, who else can I count as an experienced player? As an, more, most of the bench players yeah, are experienced. Yeah, most I mean, maybe in the players. training pitch, it might be yeah. giving them that kind of <laughs> yeah or there to to the know how. Yeah, but yeah, it's been mostly just a, a, an injection of of youth, and yeah. and they've been playing fantastic football. Um, Tottenham, on the other hand, um, it's been a, a mixed bag, you know, this season, but they're still within touching distance within the top four. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't count them in the title race. Unfortunately, I did count them <laughs> before the season began. I was like, we remember, ah. we remember, <laughs> we remember. I was like, these ones because yeah. I mean, Antonio, he's he was a serial mainly, winner. Yes, Antonio Conte, Antonio Conte is a serial yeah. winner, and it's I, I guess it's true what they say about Tottenham. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, complete be. that, please, because uh, Josh and I <laughs> would love sorry, to. What you, I'd like to know what you mean. To, yeah, yeah, because what they we say don't about Tottenham. Now I won't say the rest. You know what it is. <laughs> But yeah, um, I think with Conte, it's, it's just been a matter of um, getting his team to play consistently. Um, they're a very incons- inconsistent team. And I think that's, that's mainly due to lacking options up front. They lack so, like, they only have Son and, and Kane. If, if those two don't work on the day, nothing works for Tottenham. Yeah. And I think that's a big issue. They, 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 they do have Kuluveski who's been injured. Yeah. Um, but he forms, he, he formed, he, he, when he went to Tottenham, he formed part of the Son Kane thing. So yeah. it's mm. Son Kane and Kuluveski. Without that front three, if one of them is not there, you can sort of see they are not as dangerous as they are when they are all together. But their midfield is strong. Their back four is not great, but it's a Conte team. So it's a bit combative. But yeah, I think the on, the one main thing I really like about Tottenham has been their midfield. Hoiberg has been a stellar performer, especially in the Champions League and in the league sometimes, but he's been a standout performer in the Champions League. Yeah. They have Pisuma now playing regularly. He struggled a bit, but he's getting his rhythm there. And uh, Benta Cho, um, yeah. who, who, who's Next been, Juventus midfield. Yeah, yeah. He's been a standout performer as well in, in midfield. So Tottenham, I'd I'd, I'd say, I mean, Conte's side in terms of he's building a project here. It, it, it won't be as fast or as quick as it was for him at Chelsea or Juve yeah. um, or even Inter Milan during his time at Inter. It will take time. It might take three to four seasons for him to actually get to where he wants or needs to be with Tottenham. Uh, and he will need a lot of money because that team has a lot of players that are out deem not up to par, you know, if you are aiming to win the league as Tottenham are. So if they are aiming for the league, they will need to let go of some above average players and aim for more world-class players. They will match um, Harry Kane if he stays yeah. um, and so on if he stays. Um, so yeah, that's yeah. where Tottenham are for me right now. Uh, Josh, you had uh, the thoughts of Sebo also touching on some of uh, key injuries like Kulusevsky. Uh, I think Richarlison's another one. Um, I, you, 
Arsenal have a big injury themselves um, in Gabriel Jesus, which is why um, your club has been in, uh, aggressive in the transfer window. We've seen some uh, links to Mudrik, uh, the Shakhtar Donetsk uh, talented uh, winger, blistering pace, uh, who's probably likely to get done at the time of recording, still advanced talks. But um, is, is this game too big for a player like Nketiah, who, by the way, I like? Um, I like a lot and I feel like he, he doesn't get enough credit um, when he, he kind of had to hold the fort when Aubameyang left, like Azet was out of the team. Um, but do you, do you, are you comfortable? Um, obviously, you would prefer Gabriel Jesus in this lineup, but are you comfortable with Eddie Nketiah leading your line going into this North London derby? I definitely am. I think Nketiah has shown a great resolve in in the in the role that he's had to come through or the way that he's had to come through Arsenal throughout the years. Um, I, re- I remember that game very clearly when he came on as a teenager. Arsene Wenger gave him his debut uh, in the FA Cup, I believe. Um, and Arsenal were 2-0 down. Or sorry, rather, sorry, they were 1-0 down. Um, and Eddie Nketiah came on late in the second half and he scored two number nine goals. Um, that's when he was still a scrawny uh, young teenager coming into the big leagues. Um, and from that from that game, I think a lot of Arsenal fans thought, okay, let's watch this guy and how he evolves throughout his career. Um, and he's had some tough times uh, where it hasn't really worked for him, but he's shown that, like I'm saying, that resilience throughout. Um, I remember in the, um, what was this thing that they had last season? The Amazon Prime yeah. uh, documentary for Arsenal, All or um, Nothing, that's all the name. Nothing, yeah. Um uh, there was a, a scene where he was sitting around the table with uh, one of the new guys that had come in, Sambi Lakonga, and Bukayo Saka was sitting there. And there was somebody else, I forget the other person. Uh, and Lakonga was complaining about not getting game time. He had just gotten into the Arsenal squad. <laughs> and Nketiah said to him, hey, you need to sit down, big man. Uh, I've been here for a long time and I work hard and you just got to like suck it up and play. you know." And for someone who I think is 23, 24 years old to be talking like that in a, in a squad, I mean, it shows his character. Um, that's just off the field. On the field, you can see he runs nonstop. I think big games, he shines. Um, and since coming in, since Jesus's injury, he's proved that he can lead the line. Uh, I don't believe that he's someone who can lead us to a title, um, but I do think that he's an excellent player and that he can in a big moment or in a big match like the North, North London derby. Um, pull some big shoes. Pull, pull big shoes and even make a name for himself. I yeah. think that uh, when you when you consider where who he is, he, he's come from Hale End. He yeah. understands the North London derby more than in, most players in that squad. Yeah. Uh, your Emil Smith Rose will understand it. Bukayo Saka will understand it. Uh, Ray Nelson, who's excellent, unfortunately he's injured as well, who came in and has started shining a bit. He'll understand it. Those are the players that understand it more than any other player in the squad. And for him, I think that he can can make a statement in a big fixture like this. I think that uh, Ex- excellent points. I feel yeah. like when you you know. The magnitude of the game mm. and you understand what this means to the fans um I, I think that makes a world of difference uh to your to the way that you perform i think the way that your mind has is set before the game and the moment you walk onto that pitch um i think you know that i have to leave everything on the pitch and i think he does give that i, I think mm. for the defenders i remember last season he's such a nuisance to um, for defenders, like I, I think he, he's he would he almost comes across as annoying. He chases everything, and you know he's uh, there were so many uh, goals he scored last season by just picking it off defenders mm. off the last man. So I think 
I actually think that, um, you know, it's a big game for him, but I think he can definitely shine. Um, this, is a, this is a real tough game. Um, Arsenal are clear, fav- are clear favorites for me, um, but there's value on them. There's 12 to 10. Uh, and before we, we're going to go into predictions soon. But where, as an Arsenal fan, uh, Josh, which, what about Spurs makes you a little bit worried? Not, I don't think anything about, I'm not being an Arsenal fan. I don't, at right now, nothing about Spurs makes me worried. Um, purely because of the way that they play. Yeah. They sit back and they hope for a chance to capitalize on. So that doesn't really make me concerned. I think that if Arsenal are disciplined in a fixture against the side who does that, you can get a victory. Um, I'm not saying it's as easy as the North London derby, uh, like we mentioned earlier in the podcast. Yeah. The home team gets the win all the time. Uh, the last time Arsenal won at the Tottenham Hotspur, I think it was White Hart Lane back then even, um, or against, away from home against Tottenham, uh, was in 2014. Right. And on the flip side, I believe it was like 2006, 2007 or something like that for Tottenham at Arsenal Stadium. Yeah. Um, so the, the home crowd makes a big difference in this fixture. So yeah. uh, by no means am I saying that it's a walkover, but I, nothing fears me. Not from at the, the moment. Tottenham, not right at the moment from the, yeah. from the Tottenham squad. I mean, Kane has got his shooting boots on yeah. uh, even after having such a devastating miss in, yeah. the, in the World Cup for his nation. He was able to bounce back from that and he's, he's been scoring again. I mean, yeah. if Haaland wasn't in the, in the league, Kane would be soaring to the golden boot right now. Um, so yeah. the, he more than likely will score against Arsenal. I do believe that he, he always gets a goal against Arsenal, whether it's a penalty or whether it's him just finding he's the back of the net. The he's a top scorer in, yeah. the, in the London derby. Um, but other than that, the way that Tottenham play, nothing makes me worried as an Arsenal fan. Tebo, we know your thoughts on Arsenal. We know where you stand with them. They've clearly impressed you. They've impressed me as well. But what do I, I want you to tell us? Um, what do Spurs need to do to win? If you, if 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 you're um, Antonio Conte, what's your best uh, game plan to get three points in this game, which they do need? I don't think they can settle for a draw. I don't know if Conte would ever do this, but I think they need to take the game to Arsenal. I think they need to shock Arsenal and do what's unexpected. And he needs to fire up his squad and, and tell them, listen, all eyes are on Arsenal right now. If, if you guys want the bragging rights on your side, you, you must take like, the game to Arsenal and try to get the goal first, you know, and challenge them. <laughs> Not just sit back and hit on the counter, you know, try to control some you know, what do they, some moments of the game, you know, coaches speak about moments. Mm. They won't control the whole game against Arsenal. They, they will hold possession. They'll want to keep the ball away from them. But if they can control um, some moments in the game and use those moments to, to strike, you know, and get a goal or two, they can, they can come with something from the game. Like Joshua said, you know, it's, it's mostly likely that the home team wins the, the, the London derby. Uh, I'll be expecting a, a game where Tottenham will take will take the game to to Arsenal, then them just sitting back and hitting on the counter. It's yeah. unusual, but yeah, they need to do it if they want the full three points, and they need the three points. Well, interesting point. Yeah. Uh, Josh, would you take a point in, in this game? I would take a point in this game based on history playing at the Tottenham Stadium. Mm. Um, but I think this is a different uh, it's a different Arsenal team than I've seen in a very yeah. long time. 
Um, I don't think for me as a fan, yeah, I take the points. Um, but I think that these players won't want to. They won't want the points. Yeah, they want the victory in this one. I think that they definitely fired up to get it. I think if they are able to uh, balance that passion and that aggression to win the fixture with with composure uh, away from home, uh, which they've shown this season that they are able to, they're not always uh, gung ho in their attack. They're able to when they go away from home, consolidate, come together. Uh, be a bit more compact when they're defending um, and not try to win the game through possession and taking their chances. Um, yeah, I, I take the points as a fan, but I don't think the players would want the points. I don't think the manager wants the points. I think this is a statement victory. We saw what happened last season. Um, yes, quite controversial, but at the end of the day, Tottenham won 3 0 um, against a, a 10 man Arsenal from the 34th minute. Um, so you could argue that point, but at the end of the day, they lost. They lost the fixture. Uh, they didn't keep their heads, um, and I think that Tebo touched on it a bit on how Conte can win this fixture. I think if Conte knows anything, he knows how to defend first, and he also knows how to be rugged. Uh, we saw what Newcastle did to Arsenal uh, at the Emirates, ruining a, a perfect record at home, um, being rugged and making the game extremely dirty. Uh, yeah. Dirty, not in the sense of tackles, but just yeah. tactics. Um, I think that Conte is able to do that with his squad. I think if he can take a bit of what Eddie Howe did against Arsenal, yeah. uh, he can disrupt the flow. But at the same time, we've seen this Arsenal team uh, learn and grow through all of these difficult moments. Yeah. Uh, they definitely will take points from that fixture and try to adjust if that is the case with Tottenham against Arsenal on I def- Sunday. I definitely agree with that. And to, to be honest, that's how I see Tottenham going into the game going into the game, uh, aggressive and, you know, committing fouls and just trying to get in uh, Arsenal's players' heads because they are young. Uh, I think there's, there's growth, there's room for growth, uh, room for improvement even, even in this exciting Arsenal team. And I think, um, yeah, I think it would take, you know, like I think they do, it is a possibility of players getting into their heads because of that, you know, that inexperience um, to some, I would say. Um, well, it's prediction time. Um, Josh, let me start with you. Arsenal, Tottenham, or draw? Uh, it, it, anytime I analyze a game, I really look at the midfield section and how that pans out. I did it now for the Manchester City and United. Casemiro coming in, being a phenomenal player for them, and really allowing every other player to play their role as much as they can. And I think if we look back at the fixture against Tottenham last season at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, there was no Thomas Partey. Mohamed Elneny steps in and he's a professional and he does a job every now and again. He does it really well. Uh, we saw him score a goal recently in the FA Cup to open the scoring in a fixture that was rather tough, that needed a moment of some experience, yeah. someone to just lift the team a bit. But Thomas Partey is crucial. I think if, if he gets injured this season, Arsenal don't win the league or don't even go through all the way to pro- probably end of March challenging for the title. Sure. I think that if Thomas Partey is injured, it'll be t- t- very tough for Arsenal. Um, so him being in the squad allows everybody else to play at their best. Um, it allows Xhaka to play far up the way that he has been phenomenal for Arsenal this season. It allows Odegaard to build the play, not from so deep, a little bit higher, use his brilliance in finding a pass rather than trying to carry the team forward. I think um, he gives the backline confidence. He gives as well. the backline tremendous confidence in being able to nick the ball, uh, run, get back into position in time, uh, allowing them to play their passes. Um, I think for me, it's 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 an Arsenal team that's unprecedented. 
And I don't normally go against the grain with Arsenal when it comes to history, but I think they get the victory here. And Tebo, you seem like you're going with Arsenal by your comments. Um, are you Arsenal? Uh, I'm going with Arsenal. Um, but a part of me wants, wants to go for the both teams to score markets as well. Definitely. Uh, yeah. Definitely. I, I think Tottenham will get, will get a goal. Um, you think it'll be high scoring? Or? No. Yeah. I don't think it'll be a high scoring game. Just end-to-end. Yeah. End-to-end game. Maybe one, two goals. Maybe three, for two, one again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Both teams to score. That, that will be my market. Uh, but yeah, I think Arsenal will have enough in the tank to win this one. Well, gentlemen, it's certainly been a pleasure discussing uh, these two uh, mammoth games. Uh, but before we go, it's that time uh, in the podcast where we want to give our uh, listeners an opportunity to get themselves a 200 and betting voucher courtesy of Hollywood Bets. All you need to do is tell us which of these two derbies are the bigger, are the biggest. Uh, is it the Manchester derby or is it the North London derby? And let us know if your comment impresses our panel of judges and hits the target. We will credit you with a 200 and betting voucher. Um, that's all. It, that's all from me, uh, Ntsevo, and Joshua Gaylord. Uh, enjoy uh, your your punting and uh, enjoy the football this weekend.